0: Did you know that right now there's a group of people running the business of their dreams? They are respected leaders in their field, working with clients they love and serving them profitably. Now, are they famous? Depends on who you ask. They're not signing autographs at the grocery store or taking selfies every five minutes. They're not trying to be everywhere on social media. Yet when they show up at trade events and conferences, they are recognized and sought after. They're the ones everyone else looks up to. They're the next generation of thought leaders in their space. So what's their secret? Well, they've become famously influential to the right people, and so can you. Today, we'll dig into the story of one of these leaders and deconstruct how they became micro-famous. You won't just come away inspired, you'll come away with a new strategy and a new way of thinking. So while your competition is scattered, chaotic, and chasing every shiny object, you can move forward with confidence and clarity. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, agency founder and author of Micro-Famous, and if you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, let's get started. Welcome back to Microfamous. This is a very, very special episode. I don't do a lot of uh, conversation or, or kind of interview episodes on the Microfamous podcast. Most of them are at you know, 15, maybe 20 minute episodes on strategy and really going deep on a specific part of the Microfamous system. But today I wanna to share something that's really uh, polarizing and controversial, but it's been on my mind lately. And I think it might completely shift the way that you talk to your audience and the way that you present your offers and sell. I cannot stress that enough. It may completely transform that. So my guest on the podcast is Frank Klesitz. He's one of my very great mentors, great friend. Uh, he's one of the essentially the one that brought me out to San Diego. He's responsible for my commitment to make marketing my profession. He is the CEO of Viral Marketing, which is a seven-figure digital agency. They do done-for-you video and email marketing for professional services business. Uh, if you're in the real estate space, you probably know who they are already because that is their original niche, and uh, they do some of the you know uh, the marketing for some of the top agents and teams across the country. Now, what you might not know about Frank is he's also one of the best copywriters uh, that I've ever seen, right? And the reason why his copywriting is so good is it's authentic, it's genuine, it's real, it's extremely, extremely one-to-one personal, not one-to-many, not not the fake personal of, you know, using slang and all this stuff in your copywriting to try to make it sound down home and folks eat none of that. It's literally one-to-one personal. And I've, I haven't seen anybody write like that, and it generates so much trust, right? So much trust, and 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 it's it, it's very very different, I would say, from the copywriting that I see come from anyone that sells information products online. And I wanted to get into that because one of his rules for copywriting that I that I picked up from him and I've always taken into my copywriting is absolutely zero puffery or hype. And puffery is an interesting thing. So we get into what puffery is, where it comes from. There is a very deep psychological place where puffery and hype comes from. Why do we use it? How do we fight that urge? We also talked about how to generate authentic urgency without using things like discounts or time-based incentives that really have no basis in reality, especially when you're selling info products that are infinite, right? But so how do you create authentic urgency in those situations? Frank comes from the world of selling professional services and all of his clients are selling professional services. If you're listening to this, you're probably in that same world because that's what coaching consulting is. Uh, Maybe you have a book, but the odds are your actual profit comes from selling professional services. What you might not know is there's is a huge psychological difference between selling professional services versus products, right? Because you're selling the intangible versus the tangible. And unfortunately, what we tend to do in professional services is we take a lot of the techniques and the tactics that we see people use to sell products, and we use them in our professional services marketing, and our sales letters, and our sales pages, and things like that, and the words that we use and, and the approach that we take. And unfortunately, that's costing us sales every single day. So if, if, you, if you're like me and you've used Puffery and Hype you know, in your communication, maybe not intending to, um, you might be losing sales right now. If you believe that's the right way to do it because you've seen other info marketers do it, you're in for a rude awakening, you might find out that most of their product sales is really the, just the front end that they break even on and their real profit is selling professional services on the back end. Um, so just know this, that every day, your sales page and your emails and your follow-up campaigns and stuff might actually be turning off the very people that you are the most driven to serve, the people you'd most like to sell to, and that is a scary scary thought. So if you want to make sure that that's not happening and you want to eliminate any puffery, any hype, anything in your language and your communication with your audience that pushes them away and breaks that trust, start by listening to this episode. So I cannot stress this enough. It's one of the most important, best and most useful conversations I've ever recorded for any podcast. I hope you enjoy it and we'll see you on the other side. Frank, officially, I think for the first time, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> so uh we're, we're gonna have some fun we're gonna talk about puffery let's start with just a, a definition i guess you know what when you when you think about puffery a lot of times it's you know when you see it it's it's hype it's things that are opinions or stuff that isn't true how how do you think about it when you think about what puffery means what is it to you i think it's just someone
1: trying to directly sell me like you're trying to sell me like hard copywriting like mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, this is the best. You're going to get this huge ROI number. This is how much business you're going to do. This is the weight you're going to drop. Um, you need to act now. This is, here's all these great things about us, and we're number one. And here's what, here's who we are. You can even go so far as to say, here's what everyone says about us, but they're like, you know, a couple of sentence testimonials that they probably wrote, you know. <laughs> um, It's just, it's, it's selling and not helping. I think that's probably the, that's the definition I would give it. Puffery is you are clearly selling in the most Neanderthal form of it. (laughs) You follow me? And Uh, there's there's no help and specifically no help because puffery, I think, is there's just no specificity. It's just all like, I don't know what the definition of platitude is, but that sounds maybe close. Right. Or like... Something that sounds nice, but words it's, it sound it's kind sound of implied, nice, but have, it's not even true. They have no meaning. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, just to elaborate on that a little bit with a conversation we had, um, well, we had uh, breakfast a week or so ago, mm-hmm. is I think when you start in your marketing journey and sales journey, you're very insecure you don't really know how to sell, let alone writing. Mm. I mean, look, when you first start selling, the best salespeople start belly to belly on the kitchen table so they have full feedback of the person, the body language and who they are, so they can adjust their message and precisely like nail the need, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Then it's like, okay, that's not maybe the most efficient. It's the best way, but not the most efficient way. So let's maybe do the phone, right? Well, you lose some feedback. You lose, you know, I don't have the verbal feedback. Then it's like, yep. okay. Instead of the phone, let's do, I don't know, let's let's speak in a real seminar. And now you have a bunch of people staring at you with, you know, blank faces and you even have less feedback. Yeah. At least there's someone there. Right. <laughs> you at least
0: get body language, okay. you know, when they're checking yeah, the something.
1: phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, okay, I, I, how, do I, how do I move up the communication skill ladder? And then it's like, okay, I'm going to do a webinar or I'm going to do a video or I'm going to write a sales letter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have zero feedback. Yeah. And I think you get very insecure. I think you get very... Nervous. You don't really know how to how to communicate that way, and I think also out of fear because if you're in your early business journey, you need sales so bad, you need business so bad that like logic kind of takes a back seat. Of like, you're not really selling how you want to be sold. You start selling how like other people you look to sell. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start just kind of getting into the starting your own business world, that People can probably relate here. You start finding all these like internet marketers and people online selling all these marketing courses and whatnot. And they're using all these countdown timers and squeeze pages and act now. And there's only so much left before it gets ripped off the market. Even though it's an info product, then there's an infinite supply.
0: (laughs) All the tricks.
1: I can't can't copy this anymore on my hard drive. Right. Okay. (laughs) You know, so I think, you know, I would define Puffery as, you know, uh, selling, not helping. I think puffery is a derivative insecurity. Mm.
0: Yeah, that that just came out. You and I had never talked. I I know that there was an aversion to puffery oh, like that. I learned that from you oh, five years ago, six years ago. Um, but I, you had never articulated it to me like that before. So what's you know, funny I, is like I knew I wanted to have this conversation just based on whether it was effective or not. And I think we're shooting ourselves in the foot by using it, but I, I would have never nailed it down to insecurity.
1: You know, but let me tell you, I also have some other interesting perspective I can give the audience. Uh, when I started my advertising agency, I didn't do any internet marketing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hated it. I mean, my blog was on Blogger, dude, like mm-hmm. as of maybe like four or five years ago. And <laughs> I was like, bro, your website's on Blogger. <laughs> I'm like I don't care. I'm I'm making money and people are signing. Yeah. Up. How like,
0: many monthly clients did you have when the company website hundreds, was still on Blogger? Hundreds. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was on Blogger. And yeah. I was just like I don't care. I don't have the resources and time, and the mental energy suck of creating all these front end courses and drip sequences and Facebook ads that people got caught up in. Mm-hmm. You know, I was getting my butt on a plane. I went to an event. I talked to people. I had dinners. I hung out with them. I built relationships and people signed up. I mean, -hmm. you don't really hear that much, you know? (laughs) No. So I'll tell you this, man. I would, Matt, here's the thing. Like, I would say for the first 100 clients of our firm, nobody knew what we did when they signed up. They didn't. They they did not know what we did. And I learned something at a very young age of, it's my own story. Like, I was learning sales, not in my pajamas, reading internet marketing courses. I was learning sales by putting a credit card on a credit card, a flight, mm-hmm. and a hotel on a credit card to go to a conference and go meet people, which I was putting the meals I was meeting people on, on a credit card. Yeah. And I was like, my livelihood and life and financial security is based upon mm-hmm. these people becoming clients. Yeah. And I was super hyper aware of like, how do I navigate that? Hmm. And here's what I learned whenever I talked about the product, nobody signed up. Whenever I talked about really what viral did or about viral, or here's what we do, you know, like the specifics or maybe like, oh, let me, honestly, even that far, it, it, I could feel in the body language, I could feel it wasn't appropriate at the event. I could feel I was shifting to a selling mentality. I could feel the, the discomfort in the person in front of me because I had full feedback mm-hmm. of that person with me at dinner. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, you know what I'm, you know, there's this little game that I played was I never wanted them to finish any of their food at a business lunch. And I would finish my entire plate because I kept them talking the whole time. <laughs> so it was a little, it was a little game. I would play like, okay. I'm going to finish my entire meal first mm-hmm. and take my time. And they're not allowed to eat because I'm going to ask them such engaging questions. They can't stop talking.
0: That's that was, that was
1: that was my first game I played when I was learning the the game of sales, which mm-hmm. is, you know, market, you know, salesmanship and puffery is just salesmanship and print in many respects. Yeah, it's the same so, thing. So I would go hang out and I would meet them, and what they would understand was like, okay, viral marketing, video, database, here's the price, and these other people I trust use them. Sign me up. Yeah, that was it. And they would go into the inbound. They would go into my operations team, and <laughs> literally the calls would be like, "So, explain to me again what exactly did I buy, and how does this work?" And like the <laughs> the operations people were like, "How in the world does Frank do this?" Yeah, and I was like, "I don't know how to explain it to you guys, but I do it without selling." Okay, on the most Neanderthal level, right? Because most people think selling is like puffery mm-hmm. or telling how great you are, whereas to me, it's really, really good listening and getting the prospect to speak and playing that little food game I talked about. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of communicating, here's the, the, the general, the big idea, I guess, of copywriting. Like, mm-hmm. here's the big idea of what I do and here's the price. And I think when you sell a professional service that way, you get like really good price elasticity and margin where people take you at face value. They're not going to beat you down on price because there's a relationship mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And it's not So... With that as the foundation of like how I sold a hundred people. When I went online and I started saying, you know, maybe I should start like scaling my sales online because I don't live on a plane anymore. And Mm -hmm. I become more introverted over time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you did. You you became a hardcore introvert for about three years.
1: Yeah. I think I slingshotted back to like being a recluse. (laughs) Um, You know, you, you, you look at there you look at, okay, I got to start creating landing pages and sales pages and squeeze pages and all that stuff works. Yeah. But there's a philosophy behind it. And when I started looking at what other people are doing, I'm like, oh my God, if I put this copy or I spoke this way, or I treated the people at lunch I had, or at the events with this type of messaging, which we'll call puffery, like <laughs> this would just kill the sale. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, I mean, this is, this is terrible. And I was like, I guess people, this works for people. I guess this people must be making money doing this. Cause everyone's, right. it feels like everyone's doing it, but like, you know, not my market. Right. So I just took the same philosophy and the same idea of how I approach my messaging, you know, belly to belly at an event, talking with the prospect. And I just mirrored that with my internet marketing and it worked really yeah. well. And I would always hire these marketers that are like, Hey Frank, you should like, Put a squeeze page behind all this. I'm like, no, just give it to him for free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, so I think that's what makes me unique is I'm I'm a marketer that has a very good foundation in really good B2B consultative selling. Where it's not like, you know, B2C one call close trinket selling where you're mm-hmm. hard closing somebody on the corner of you know, the, the street on your, the, you know, you don't know, like a tourist, like you get one yeah. shot at selling this and they're gone. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, yeah. So, I, so I had that foundation of B2B consultative selling of knowing what messages entice people to buy. And honestly, man, it's creating a feeling of certainty and care is what I was doing. I was listening. What was I doing, man? I was listening. I was saying, here's some other clients that, you know, I was helping them. I was running a market. I would give things away, right, Matt? I would say, mm-hmm. "Hey, here's. I'll do this for free. I'll do this for free. I'll give this to you," and I would win that person over. They would sign up. They would pay the full fee. They would sign the whole year-long contract. There was no price issues. They were great clients, and we'll call that there was good price elasticity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I wanted to replicate that online because I knew the customer. I belly to belly. So, spent so many conversations with the customer face-to-face and so many people, you need to listen to this podcast when you're trying to sell something. And I'm like, have you actually sat down like in a real world, like not on zoom, not on the phone, even those are probably better than nothing
2: mm-hmm.
1: like at a conference and hung out with your market mm-hmm. and sold that way. You'll have a huge eye opener of like how it's really done. And then you mirror that online where it feels like everyone does the opposite of like, hey, I need to sell things online. No, I'm not going to talk to my target market. That, that makes too much sense. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> go look at what all these other people are doing that are trying to sell to me. And yeah, just yes,
0: their yes. Day. That is exactly what we do. <laughs> Weren't you in the audience for uh, one of Ryan Dice's talks at uh, Traffic and uh, Conversion? What, what was yeah. that all about? What did, what did I, he say? You
1: know, I, I wish I remember this, but it was um, something to the effect of like he did this whole thing. You probably find it online of the history of marketing. It was, okay. it was like this. I mean, it was like a big deal. Dude. I mean, the production in this was th- thousands of dollars. It was like this beautifully done PowerPoint of like where we are today, like in yeah. 2020. We're in the future. <laughs> the, the whole conclusion of the talk, I, mean, I just died laughing. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this place is not for me. It Go. was talking to your customers. Like one, to one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That was the whole that was the whole conclusion yeah. of the, you know, the, the whole, secret sauce.
1: Yeah, the whole yeah. like, you know, automate your way away from the customer and drip campaigns and you know selling things where you don't actually have to do one-to-one talking to people. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like I'm a guy that came up through sales where it's one-to-one that became a marketer. Right. And a lot of people just start at marketing and come in and it's messed up. I think that, I think you need to shift that way that you come in and you'll realize, you know, good luck sitting down with someone who you're having a drink with and you're hanging out with, who you really treat as a friend. And that's the thing too, man. You know, I, I, I don't love viral marketing. I don't love my company. I don't love what we do. I say that all the time. I love the customer. You fall in love with the client and you fall in love with the customer and this, you, the service is just what they need at the time. Yeah. You know? I was and wasn't literally falling in love, except with one who is now my wife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
1: I guess I did fall in
0: love with one customer. You did. You did fall in love with the client. That's so, awesome.
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's really, it, you got to be a, a psychopath and pretty messed up. If you're sitting down with somebody having a good time and you really care about them and you speak in words of puffery. Mm or you put a a false deadline to like (laughs) take a product off a market in front of your friend. That's right. You know, or, you know, I don't know, like a lot of these tricks people use. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my thoughts on it. I think I know that's where puffery comes from. And that's why when you work with me, I have a, a lot of different perspective on marketing. I look at all of my marketing as lead conversion. Like I don't even look at your typical internet marketing generate leads at all. I look Hmm. at everything I do online, my website, my emails, my Facebook ads, anything that's a pixel on a screen, I look at it all as a conversion tool. You follow me? I do not look at it like a lead generation tool. I think- What do you think?
0: Yeah. What's the practical, what's the mindset difference?
1: the mindset difference is that the way I get my leads is I'm going to go, um, uh, build relationships, with influencers, get them talking about us. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even though it might be digitally, I'm going to go ask for referrals. I mean, like, for example, Matt, one of the things that we do, and God forbid the internet marketing community even the thought of this logical, simple tactic. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's so complicated. It's so complicated. Some of these things. I mean, these people pull out these, like, I remember, dude, I went, before I advanced that question, I went to it. Um, Dan Kennedy event, Mm -hmm. which I love Dan Kennedy, but he brought somebody on stage that was, you know, in that that marketing world. And he brought like this huge, um, uh, it's like what you would print blueprints on at an architecture firm, Mm -hmm. maybe six foot tall roll of paper. Mm -hmm. And he rolled it across the entire stage to show his marketing funnel.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay.
1: (laughs) And like, I'm like... I'll never win at that. that yeah. I, I don't know if I could attack the problem that way. So let me give you the antithesis to that. Are you ready? Okay. The antithesis to this, this, this paper across the street of this huge marketing <laughs> funnel. Um, we find a client who gets good service from us that is probably well known and can probably refer us. Mm-hmm. They give us their personal Facebook login, which they have to trust us with. Mm -hmm. And we go through and take screenshots of all their Facebook friends, probably the first (laughs) 2,500. And then I print them all into a book and I ship them, cost me like 90 bucks, the viral marketing referral book. And it has the faces of 2,500 people with a red pen. Uh, They go through all those faces. They circle the best referrals with a red pen. They introduce us, they take an appointment, they sign up. My cost per lead was hundred dollars for all the leads.
0: OK, that was it. That was right. It. Yeah. 90 bucks for the book and the shipping. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then I got them on the phone. They made introductions and then they signed up and they were really good clients. They weren't a client that came off of Facebook yet. Right. Which are the worst clients. <laughs> no, seriously, let's talk about this. Yes. Why is that? If there if there was a lead source, that would be the worst client. What lead source would it be? Let's just let's just think that really through really quickly.
0: And this is actually not just true in in your space. It's actually true in your clients, but like in the real estate space too.
1: Yeah, I think it's true in any space. Like yeah. seriously, like what hey, I got a new client that has signed up. And I would ask mm-hmm. you where they came from. What would be the biggest downer for the answer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> apparently.
1: Apparently, Facebook ads. Facebook for me, yeah. Okay. You know, I'd probably say TikTok would be worse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. I guess you can start going down that path. Right. You know the snapgrams. Right. <laughs> or snapchats or snap whatever kids are doing these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but explain very quickly why, why is
0: that? So, why why is this so hard to replicate that that nurturing lead conversion experience?
1: Because, because it's the it's the the it's because the psychology of how you sell a professional service over a product is there's different rules on how a professional service, or let me say selling the intangible is to selling a product. Right. When you start applying the rules of selling a product to selling a service, you're just ruining yourself. Let me give you an example, selling a product, you know, Hey, there's a deadline and you need to act now and here's your coupon. I mean, sure, fine. I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, um, you're a heart surgeon. Here's a coupon and there's a deadline or else something else for like hearts. It doesn't position you very well. <laughs>
0: no. uh, I mean, I was going to say, if, if the heart surgeon hired Dan Kennedy to run his marketing, that's exactly like what happened. happen. You'd be getting Driving coupons.
1: down the street and, you know, <laughs> you see apples are for sale for $3 and they discounted down to $2. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. you're driving down the street and there's a defense attorney for criminal DUI that discounts the price down to a lot less. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe, but like, I don't know, man. I mean, I might look at jail time. I might want to pay a little more. So here's what I'm saying. Like in professional services, the consumer has no idea, no way of knowing if you're actually competent. They don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have no way of knowing. So they look for clues. They look for like, you know, good branding. They look for nice videos, look for stuff online. The big thing they look for is, you know, um, people, what people they know say about you. Mm -hmm. Um, people in professional services are buying certainty. They're buying, I feel certain, I feel confident. I feel good with this person. And what instills that not a Facebook ad, Mm -hmm. you know, I saw you speak in person at a seminar or Mm -hmm. I read your book. Or I've been listening to your podcast for months or years, and I hear the questions you ask, I hear how you think. Or, you know, I spent, you know, five hours with you at a nightclub in Vegas hanging out till two in the morning. God. One of my, and, and here's the deal. Let's, so the other way, Matt, we talked about the, the, the worst lead source. Right. What, is, what do you think the best lead source is?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm going to say, for I know what it is for you, which what is, is, it? What is you, it? you're buying buying uh, drinks for people at Hakkasana. Bottle at a. service. That bottle is service. correct. Exactly. The <laughs>
1: clients that come in where the extra bottle was purchased after 2 a.m.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: are the best clients. <laughs> when those clients come in, like they can't wait to see me again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're calling me to get on the phone, Matt. I'm not chasing them down. Right. I learned this. Oh, man. No, we'll split test it. We'll split Mm -hmm. test $500 on Facebook and a $500 bottle of nightclub in Vegas. We'll see which (laughs) one performs better ROI. You tell me. (laughs)
0: Uh, hey, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, belly, belly to belly always wins. Uh, the, the key, I think what everyone in like the coaching, consulting, thought leadership world is looking for is that they want the holy grail, which is what is the thing where I don't have to leave my house no. that gets people to sign up and trust me as if I hung out with them in person or they saw Dan, me speak. At know, event.
1: Dan Kennedy, when I – and I studied a lot from this man and I owe mm-hmm. him a, 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 a huge debt. To changing my thinking and basically rearranging the neurons in my head of how I approach business problems. Mm-hmm. But um, he is the ultimate introvert. Like he hates everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> I hadn't <laughs> thought of him like that, but yeah, no, that's now that I people. now that you say that, that's true. He doesn't, true. Want, he doesn't he, want
1: any employees. Yeah. He's a grumpy old man that sits in his <laughs> basement with his typewriter. He doesn't take any unscheduled calls. He doesn't have a cell phone. He communicates only by fax. And every time he has to travel somewhere, it's grumpy. And he have to send me first class. And he have to send me a private jet. I'll be on stage for the least amount of time possible. And I'd leave right away. Don't talk to me. <laughs> now, I think a lot of that's probably manufactured because it gives him this, this aura. But I really do think that is his personality type. Yeah, but totally. Because that was his natural personality type. Because let's just make the assumption he is a natural introvert. He also wanted to make money. (laughs) Now, those are in conflict. Yeah. It's a (laughs) a conflict of things. So he got, what I remember reading was he got uh, cufflinks made. And I don't know what the acronyms are, but it stands for you can't do business sitting on your ass. Mm. All right. So Y, C, D, whatever that was. Right. And whenever he would suit up, he would put those cufflinks on. He's like, it would remind him. I need to get away from the computer, writing my sales letters and sending letters. I have to get on the road, I have to go speak, I have to go do these things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even even guys like uh, in the real estate space, um, Mike Ferry, dude, you know, you know, Mike Ferry's been, for those of you who don't know, Mike, Google Mike Ferry, he's one of the kind of the, probably the godfather of yeah. even starting coaching for a thousand a month in the real estate world. Mm-hmm. Guy's a multimillionaire. He has to be maybe 80 years old, all right? Um, has is still gets in the car, suits up, gets on a plane, and speaks at real estate offices. He's still doing it, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, there's some truth to that. So I guess I'm kind of getting off topic from puffery, which we're going to talk about. But like I said, I think puffery comes from hiding behind your computer, not talking to the customer, insecure, and out of fear you're you're learning marketing from people that are trying to sell you stuff, they're only gonna sell things to your target market.
0: Well, yeah, and you talked about certainty, like that's what people are buying from professional services. That's exactly why people are imitating what they see because you're looking, I mean, you're going like, hey, this, this person has spent a lot of money to put this Facebook ad in front of me that I've seen every day for the last, you know, three months, they must be doing something right. So you click on that ad and you follow down the funnel. And yeah. You're like, right, well, this must be how and, it's and, done.
1: And, and, and when you need money and you're trying to figure out, you don't know, it is such a seductive, it's a seductive thought that uh, you well, can yeah. do business sitting on your ass. Right. That is a seductive thought. That is true. Um, I mean, Matt, me I literally, f- I literally got up and I drove to Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix and I went to go speak. Yes. Matt, it, ter- it was terrible. <laughs> man, I've gained so much weight during COVID. I had to go buy new clothes. Oh, it was terrible. I was like, I really don't want to do this, but I. I but Matt, I remember those cufflinks. Did I you? Put really? them on, I put them on metaphorically. I got to go do it. I know. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, uh, I want to talk about effectiveness because it, I think I think if you got inside and you cracked open the skull of an info marketer. They would tell you, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'd love to just sell by helping. I would love to just educate." It doesn't work. I tried that. The bottom line is what I do sells better.
1: Oh, okay. It's more direct, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm wrong. saying? I want yeah, effectiveness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You got to have Okay, so there's there's an element of both. All right. Okay. So, um yes. You can blog your way and podcast your way and video your way to uh, the bankruptcy very easily. Um, <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> Without question. This is this is a sparkling endorsement. I'm gonna put that right on. I'm gonna just start running Facebook ads I mean, yeah, as bad can, as the headline. You can, it's you can be great. Micro
1: famous your weights with no market. That's right. Of like, you know, going to niche, mm-hmm. right? And you know, you, you need to have all of that. But at some point when it's appropriate, you put an offer in some in front of somebody that says, I can help you. After but there's a there's a process. It's just like dating, man. You just don't walk up to someone and say, marry me or go to bed with me. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. But it's like how, if that's if you're pure sales. So the process is, is you have to build trust and you have to identify needs. So building trust, great website, have a podcast. You know, you know what? I got something better. The best way to build trust is create the um, opportunity for a prospect to spend as much quality time with you as they can. Yeah. Now, if that's going to be videos online, sure, it works for your market. If that's going to be a podcast market, great. If that's you at a conference, having dinner or having lunch, great. But you have to create an opportunity with either whether it's content marketing or face-to-face where someone spends a lot of time with you to build certainty, to build trust. Then the very next step after trust comes need. You have to... Understand their needs, and you could do that with really good copy, where you can really speak to understanding their pain that they're in, mm-hmm. or you could do it on the phone or by listening on a sales call, a consultation, a strategy call, right, where you listen, you play that dinner game where um, they don't get to touch any of their food, and you finish mm-hmm. your plate because they've been talking so much for thirty minutes. Then you right. come in, right? Yeah. If I was e- if um if they were eating and I wasn't eating. I was like, this is messed up. This is needs to be reversed. <laughs> because I wasn't, you no, know, they trusted me enough to take the appointment, but I need to spend like 30 minutes of lunch identifying needs and having them talk, right? Mm-hmm. Then the next step of the process is you have to show them that you can help them. And you need like a very clear and very specific, here's the price, here's what it costs. You need to have a money back guarantee, 100%. Mm-hmm. You have no business being in business unless you don't offer a, completely uncomfortable money back guarantee. So at Viral, we offer truly a 90 day money back guarantee. Matt, I just wrote a a refund check for a little over 3000 bucks to a client that's been a client for 90 days and she cannot stand looking at herself on video and want to cancel. I said, totally get it. Here's your money back. Mm -hmm. I basically probably bought a customer for life in the future of referrals off of that. But I offer a 90 day money back guarantee for any reason. Mm -hmm. And you show them how I can s- help sell the problem. Then you also need to hurry them to a sale. You you do need to give them a reason to act now. In my case, it's you're just missing out on business and your competitors are working your database and you're not. That
0: yeah, not, not which far. that's a that's a whole conversation itself. I mean, just real quick, basically what it's, that a, it's is, an authentic is authentic hurry. poking a pain that's always there, but yeah, yeah. it's authentic. It, it's, it's not it's manufactured. It's an
1: authentic hurry. It's not a manufactured yeah. hurry. It's not like... Yes. I was, you know, look, I was ready. I was on a call with somebody. They were selling consulting for uh, TV for real estate investors. And um, okay. you know, it was a couple thousand bucks to buy their thing. I figured that would be a good investment because they've been doing it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they blew it at the very end. And they were like, but if you sign up now, it's half that price. I'm like, <laughs> seriously, dude, seriously. <laughs> That you're going to try to mi- seriously. <laughs> I was just so offended huh. that they tried to like cut the price in half at the very end. Because mm-hmm. I guess I wanted to believe it was worth that much.
0: Right. Well, yeah, because it, it basically knocked the legs out from under you on the certainty part. Yeah, it, it, and the it trust. was like,
1: yeah, the trust. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, I really trust this guy is doing this. Then he pulls a sleazy sales tactic at the very end. Mm-hmm. Like what it should be is I'm just going to give it to you at this price because I like you, but it was more of the, he puffer, he pufferied it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, you know what I mean?
0: Yes. Yes. We're making up words today. Uh, yeah. Pufferied he pufferied himself or, right or, out of the sale.
1: Or, or Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. I lost that feeling of, of, of uh, helping not selling and trust and the elasticity of that trust initially was there, but then he did something that, it's like, I don't, know. I, don't I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So, you, by doing puffery, he immediately <laughs> took the price elasticity of a $7,000 product down to zero.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how fast you can do it in professional selling.
0: Okay. So, so that kind of answers the question of whether it's more effective or not. You can you ask can well, directly.
1: Absolutely- uh, so, let me directly answer that question. Yeah. Um, you have to honor the sales process. Okay. It is still sales. You're still trying to make money. Right. You have to, there's four parts to the sales process. You have to build trust, whether it's in person or online, you have to identify needs by getting them to talk or being really good copywriter to right. should they understand their needs. You have to show how you can help them and actually have an offer. You have to be, you have to have the cojones or the balls, whatever you want to call it, man, I'll use Danica language, but like you have to put a price on something with a contract saying, here are the deliverables, here are the terms, give me your credit card, sign here. You have to have the offer. Mm-hmm. And then once you put the offer in front of them, you need to have some reason they probably need to act now that's authentic and communicate with that to them. Then later, mm-hmm. you have to have all four of those elements. Mm-hmm. If you just have trust and need, you're gonna go broke. If right. you just have help and hurry, or even maybe even sell and hurry. <laughs> yeah. um, you're, if you're just with sell and hurry, you're probably dealing with a market that is very uneducated, mm-hmm. very impulsive, mm-hmm. and turns over a lot.
2: Yes. Where it's a yeah, new market so
1: all the time. Yep. If you applied those in, let's say, the world that I run in, word would get out and you're, it would um, probably hamper to your reputation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If the industry turns over fast enough, you can do just about anything. Yeah.
1: Because there's a new market all the time. You don't you yep. don't worry about churning and burning. Yeah, Um, I'm in a market, you cannot do that. There's a very finite number of, for me, Mm -hmm. top selling real estate (laughs) professionals and they all know each other.
0: Yep. Yeah, we're talking about what? Which which is the greatest- 15,000, 20,000?
1: You know, I heard a stat that there's maybe 25,000 realtors that do more than 25 deals a year. So there's only 25,000 realtors that would be, let's just say, make a living. Mm -hmm. The rest don't. And there's like Mm -hmm. a million. Yeah. So it's less than 3%. So 97% of the market will not buy. Yeah, yeah And when you're insane. doing it at least 24 deals a year, you're probably going to be in that profession for many years. Mm-hmm. Right. It mm-hmm. probably doesn't turn over that much on the top end. In fact, I know it doesn't. Right. Actually, you know what? I can't even tell you. I mean, that's a great question. I can't even tell you of anyone that's actually just decided to get out of the business I work with. Like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Shut down the viral. I'm now going to go do this for a living.
0: Really? I don't that's think surprising. I thought I could name a couple, but uh, that's interesting. no. I
1: mean, there might be, but it's yeah. that's not the case. It's it's maybe no.
0: Yeah. Once they Every, once they've done twenty five, once they've hit that threshold, well, twenty five is even low yeah. for
1: us. Like maybe fifty deals yeah. somewhere in there, twenty five fifty, like depending on the market. Like no, they're they're doing real estate. They're in the business. No one's mm-hmm. leaving the business to get out. But when you start getting them to like you know get rich quick online stuff, mm-hmm. that turns over all the
0: time. Yeah
1: high turnover market
0: <clears throat> okay so you have got you you still have to follow the sales process but you have to yep. follow it all the way through to the end you have to get the foundation right then yeah. you have to get the close right which that yep. so that all that all makes 100% sense um, now you've done so on the back end of your agency like where you're selling a professional service you yeah. have your own personal like group coaching that's themed around a very specific high level problem yeah. that even within your clients which are already the top 3% you there's a small percentage of them that have a recruiting problem and you deliver almost like group coaching around that is the so why is the selling the, the exact like I know you so I know the answer to this like I know that it's the exact same approach but when you're selling something like group coaching I think people still that that's they don't think of it as a professional service they think of it as a program and they start treating it like a product uh you for whatever (laughs) reason you you don't do that like you just completely like you you market the exact same way as if it was a professional service is that just a better approach
1: okay here's what i would say i sell to the need and i don't sell the product okay so what you're selling here is i sell to the need so for example um hey, clients, or hey, friends and family. Um, I was out with one of my customers this past week, and they mentioned to me that they, you know, grew the real estate team from X to X. And you might be thinking about this. If so, you can read on. If not, just, you know, delete this because I don't want to waste your time. But when it comes to recruiting, she shared some pretty cool insights with me, you know, A, B, C, and D. And in fact, she actually uh, shared maybe, say, the Facebook ad that's working. I included it here in the email. I think you could take some of those things and implement them in your life. Uh, With that being said, uh, I just completed the workbook for my upcoming recruiting class. It's like 24 one-hour lessons with me live, a small group where I can get really work with you, kind of as close to one-on-one without being one-on-one as possible, Mm -hmm. and a small group of 10 people on Zoom with me every single week over six months to really execute, like by brick, a, a, a recruiting plan. If you'd like a copy of that workbook, you can get a copy of it right here. And, um, you know, my team will give you a call to see if you have any interest to maybe working with us. You don't have to. Um, you know, happy recruiting, Frank. Mm-hmm. That felt right. Yeah. Now, I don't feel any puffery in that. And mm-hmm. that email was so good that I think people would pay money to receive it.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, cause you're, you're sharing, like you skipped over the bullet points of where you shared the specifics that she yeah, told there would you, be a couple you actually of included the in Facebook there. ad. Yeah. The, like and I
1: also included yes. a link to get the workbook to generate the lead. So the call right. to action wasn't, you know, request a strategy call. The call to action was to get the workbook. Right. And then I just basically said, you know, if you're interested in working working to implement this, you know, let me know. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it was honest and it felt real. It, it felt like I was sitting down with somebody and having a drink or two or just had dinner and I would just, you know, share that with them.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I it, I think it's just a philosophy that comes from falling in love with the client and not the product or service. And I'll tell you, man, I think everyone goes through this. Like a lot of, a lot of the people I work with, they get to this point where like they have such a big real estate team or a real estate brokerage. And like they're buying all these leads and they start resenting all their agents. They start resenting <laughs> the people that they work for. Right. And they just hate everybody because it's mm-hmm. all been come this, like, there's like absolutely no emotional fulfillment in the business other than conversion rates and numbers and sales.
0: Right. Yes. <laughs> so you kind so of get to that point. Once and you're you realize, disconnected from the actual clients, like helping yeah, you buy and sell homes and that has its own thing.
1: And I think I've gone probably emotionally at some point through that. I mm-hmm. think everyone does. And then I think, like I said, I think you just get more mature and you realize that um, I need to figure out a way to find some emotional fulfillment through the business mm-hmm. or else I get really, um, you start getting resentful to the customers and you start getting resentful to your employees of like, you know, entitled, it, it just it fosters a snowball of those feelings. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, talking with the customers and going and hanging out with the market and just remembering like your customers <laughs> are human beings. <laughs> I, I know I say that terribly, but like, <laughs> When you're using puffery, I don't think you're thinking in those terms. You're looking at them as a sale yes. out of fear that you need money. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know. I hope this podcast opens some people's minds about uh, philosophically, how do you approach the messaging and what you pe- put people through online to engage with you? And I think the biggest yeah. thing, if you're not actually talking, let's just say in person at length with the people that give you money, your messaging isn't, will never be on point. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would tend to agree. Yeah. I I think it just comes from.
1: Like Matt, no one's asked me for a class. There's not one single customer that's ever come to me and said, Frank, God, I'm so busy. I'm selling all this real estate and making all this money. You know, would you create this class I could buy so I could spend time learning how to do my own stuff? Okay. (laughs) No one ever. (laughs) Okay. For me, for my market. Yeah. My market is, I don't have any time. Can you just execute it?
0: That is true. And yet... You manage to sell a class where you're teaching them how to do it, and leading them through and um, well, workshopping the, them through the process. Correct. That's, yeah. there's a,
1: that's a, it's the 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 class on the back end. It's a really unique blend, dude. It's a mm-hmm. it's curriculum based, so it's a fixed start and end time. Mm-hmm. There's 24 lessons. It's every week with me for an hour, so you get 24 live hours of instruction. Mm-hmm. That also carries a premium. I, I can sell that for more than the recording. The reality is the recording is just fine, but if I said it was 24 recordings that is worth basically nothing. Yes. If it was 24 recordings of me reading you the material basically live, it trades at a huge premium Mm
2: -hmm.
1: with the elasticity of it, taught live. Mm -hmm. Now, why is that? Is it because the the content's different? No. In fact, it would probably be more convenient to buy the recordings (laughs) (laughs)
0: because
1: it's the same thing, right? No.
0: Yeah. But you have to understand they're buying the fact that they will actually show up Correct. and they know the difference.
1: You're buying the appointment. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that I'm buying the appointment. I, I structured it out where it's a little bit every single week. It's not too much at once because everyone wants to buy it off a whole bunch and they fail. They buy it off a whole bunch and they fail. It's a little bit every single week. So you get the lesson. Then My staff watches the lessons. They actually knew what I'm talking about, our staff rather. Mm -hmm. And then they have a weekly one-on-one with a facilitator to execute it. Now, that's how I pulled myself out of one-on-one. I can't do one-on-one. I can't help people one-on-one. It's it's a trap. Everyone knows this.
0: Yeah. However, However, they still need one on one. They just don't yeah from but, you. but
1: the thing is you can scale a message, but you can't scale a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to scale the message by teaching a weekly class, so everyone knows that that's the class they see me in a small group as a ten. And then I can hire um, I don't know the word a less experienced a a junior person versus a senior, a less a less expensive person, let's be honest. Yeah, I can hire a less expensive person to now implement the material. And they can teach to the material, implement to the material, and not from experience, and that drives down labor costs, so I can execute better.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a brilliant format, but I think that's what everybody's big objection is. If they're if they're listening to this, they're probably th- they would have come into a conversation like this thinking, "I would love to sell that way, but it's not as effective. It can't be as effective because otherwise, all the gurus that I follow would be selling to me this way." And that's a great. question.
1: I don't know the answer yeah. to that. But I, yeah. I got to be real with you, man. I haven't met anyone killing it with online sales. I haven't met them. I hear stories. Yeah. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah. I hear stories. There's, there's, um, uh, there's, uh, what do they call it? Allure. There's f- folk tale. There's these stories out there, but I have yet to sit down with somebody and meet a human being flesh I can touch that is like making all their money online it's mm-hmm. just Man.
0: selling like digital programs courses digital like no one-on-one one, no coaching no professional services yeah
1: yeah, yeah. but you know. if they are there's like this huge phone sales team and they're actually still speaking yeah. at events and the reality is that that you know okay
0: and it goes, or they're selling people here. into their mastermind you know the ryan dice's roland Frasers of the world yeah. all that or, product stuff is front end
1: it's oh yeah dude bro i'm doing like a million dollars two million dollars on product sales mm-hmm. and they're spending all that money if not more to get it yes upsell the back end yep like, I mean, like a real actual profitable business just of by itself makes good money with just that. And I just don't think it's really, really expensive to acquire a customer entirely online and the customer is the worst. <laughs> so let's go sell that.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Because it's a pipe dream. It's the yeah. pipe dream of you can do business sitting on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just start selling that. Oh, Seems to be gosh. a market for it. But well, there's definitely
0: that, which is why essentially, when you see somebody do something once, they immediately turn around, package it up, and then attempt to make all of their money from teaching other people how to do it, so they can stop doing it themselves. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just the reality. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's, uh, that's those are my thoughts on puffery, man. I, yeah. I think I think we went really deep on that conversation. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you kind of have a some of my philosophy and thoughts of how you build an advertising agency. Uh, you know, the lead generation is offline. The lead conversion is online. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and just to clarify, I mean, just because you applied that to build an ad agency, all of this came from Dan Kennedy, the coaching world, oh, yeah. Jay Abraham, high-level yeah. consulting. You know what I'm saying? Like you applied it to an ad agency. This of is just, universal just, stuff. Just,
1: just out of complete terror and fear of <laughs> – I mean, no, seriously, pressure makes diamonds, like complete terror, complete fear of like personal bankruptcy of a $5,000 Vegas trip to go meet people (laughs) of like, this has to work. I don't have time. Oh man. Like this has to work. Mm -hmm. And I think what's the word? Like Charlie Munger says like accurate thinking. Okay. Like accurate thinking, like accurate. Clearly perceiving the world. Clearly need to know. And he like – they wrote about it in the book uh, Not Good to Great or Great by Choice. It's great by choice. He talked about how people look for empirical, real-world evidence if this is the solution to the problem because they have to have accurate thinking to apply a model that's true because they cannot be wrong. You cannot be wrong.
0: Right, yes.
1: And – That was the standard I was applying my marketing and business decisions to. Mm -hmm. And I learned very quickly that the more I talked about the product, the more I lost the sale when I'm in in the trust and need stages of the beginning of the relationship. That was it. Mm -hmm. So I learned in my marketing to everything online, just build trust and need. And when it comes to help and hurry, it was a one-on-one free strategy call. Mm-hmm. There was no selling online, short of, here's the price, which right. is really just helping because, come on, man, how much do you hate it? When you're like, come on, like, look, here's, I, I'm I am also my market because I'm an entrepreneur selling so to entrepreneurs. Like, I don't have a lot of time, so I'm trying to make a decision on a product or service, and there's like three competitors, and I get it, like, I'm trying to find between A, B, and C, and oh, yeah. you know, you know, and I no, you like, don't want
0: to have to do more investigating to yeah, figure out which late, one. It's is late in the at ballpark. night. Yeah. I
1: don't have time for a call with your sales team. I'm just going to buy. I, I just need to make a decision. I don't want to do a call. I don't have to go through your course. I just want to buy. Mm-hmm. And then one of the people like, will not give me the price unless I speak with a scheduled call three days from now with their salesperson. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you have literally made this difficult for me to buy. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So I just go with the person that puts, you know, a signup form or, with the pricing on the website, even because it was more it was more expensive, because I don't have the time to go through and do your you know dog and pony show to try to create value for the pricing by not putting on the website. Right. You give me a break. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So
0: even putting the pricing is helpful Ultimate, Like if, yeah, you, pricing, if you understand your pricing, market,
1: I would even I wouldn't even consider that selling. It's just right. Helping,
0: yeah, and factual,
1: factual, <laughs> unspec- <laughs> and, very, and probably the most specific very factual
0: you can put out there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh my God, yeah, I love it. Um, okay, I know we got to go because you've got kids in the background and stuff. It just it reminds me of you telling me Sorry years ago. Sorry, audio quality. I apologize. No, nah, you're fine. Um, you told me years ago when I worked for you. You said Johnson. You pointed your hand to the heavens. Johnson, you will never be as good at marketing as I am. Oh, oh. I'm like, oh, please no, do do Don't do tell me. me. No. Uh, you said if you that if if all you ever do is work for me and you're never spending your own money on marketing, yes. you will never really learn marketing. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I yeah. did.
1: <laughs> no, I still <laughs> say it to right. this day. I tell my entire staff they will never be as good as me. You will never amount to my greatness. <laughs> I mean, obviously, (laughs) the level of fun in that. But there's there's a lot of truth. I mean, there's there's a lot lot of truth. truth. Yes. I, you know, look, to separate, you know, here's the real from the BS. I'm out spending my money all day.
0: Right.
1: It's the ultimate test. You're spending someone else's. (laughs) I don't care how good you are. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like... When you spend your own money, like you're fine spending thousands of dollars of the own client's money on the ads. And you know, mm-hmm. you come into work and you get your coffee and you write the ad and you press send and then you go off for your day and you go play, you know, uh, yeah. play bowling at midnight. Okay. If I asked you to spend like $20 of your own money, oh no, you're reading books, <laughs> you're freaking out, you're looking at the ad every five minutes. You're lo- you know what I mean? Like you're, yeah, you're so much more emotionally and intellectually invested. And I, I think I just literally sat down and told you, I'm like, Matt, you, you, I, as a friend, you, even though you'd be amazing working here, I would love it because you're so good. <laughs> like, it just pains me to lie to you that you have to go off and build your own thing because a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment mm-hmm. and just the real learning that takes place of what you accomplished over these past three years. And I just, I don't know, you should be really proud of yourself. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I appreciate
0: that. Yeah. But that's, it just, I, every once in a while, something will come up that reminds me of that, that statement and that hilarious (laughs) exchange because it was funny, but it's also a hundred percent true. And it was genuinely helpful and the right thing to tell somebody because of how, because of how true it is. Like you, you cannot accurately understand the world and you can't accurately know how to sell something if it's not your own ass on the line. So anyway, all right, we'll finish there. This is awesome. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, (music) man.